doesn't quite feel right to talk from up here this morning. Is it okay if I come down? I feel like I want to talk to you across the coffee table this morning. Is that okay? And I know I'm an introvert too, right? And I know some people like to sit at their own pew in their own place or in the back. And quite honestly, I like to do that too. But if you can, and and I don't want this to be pressure or prodding, but if you can, come on down front and join us so we can all gather around the dinner table together, okay? Thanks. It feels like there's more of us when we do this. So... How many of you attended my installation service? Oh, good, good. For those of you who didn't, it's on our YouTube channel. I highly recommend the sermon that my friend Josh Pollack from UU Society East in Manchester, Connecticut preached that day. I thought he did a fantastic job. And I want to start off with, with what he told us that day. Josh talked about how we need to develop a shared missional ministry when you called me. And there's a lot that goes into that. But the first thing he mentioned was the celebration of the call, that you called me to be your minister. And that's a really important term in our religion. You did not hire me. I am not your employee. Yes, You make sure I get paid and we have to pay taxes and all that stuff. But you called me. You didn't hire me. We got married. For better, for worse, for richer, or for poorer. In sickness and in health. Until we decide the relationship isn't working. So, one of the things we have to learn and we're learning, like every couple that gets married. And Josh pointed this out in the sermon, that we we all bring something together, right? He said, I have a call. Reverend Tony has a call, a particular call in ministry. And you all know what drives me at this point, right? Connecting spiritual community of home to the world around us, right? And he said, you each individually have a call. Each of you does. Maybe you haven't found it yet. Maybe you've got inklings about it. Maybe you know who you are and what you do. But we all have one. I believe him when he says that. And he said, the congregation as a whole has a call. And the big part of his sermon, for me, even though he said a lot of other stuff, was like, the heart of it was, we have to blend, and he used the word blend, blend our callings. Just like when a couple gets married, life partners have to blend their lives in a way that works for them. And we're in the process of doing that. In fact, we're about a year in, right? Just ending the first church year. So a good time to reflect on that. And he said, in blending our callings together, we both, you and I as a congregation and a minister, our biggest risk will be that we underestimate what's possible about what we can do together. And I wonder, you know, if that isn't true with all partners and life partners, that sometimes in the day-to-day of living, you underestimate 
what you can really do in life together. So that stuck with me when he said that. And that in order to achieve what we're really capable of achieving, we need to blend. And blending means, excuse me, one thing you're learning about me is I have allergies. In the spring, you notice I'm drinking this a lot during the services. And in our blending, one of the things that comes in, Brene Brown talks about vulnerability. When you blend, you got to be vulnerable. you got to be okay with seeing each other at your absolute worst, as well as your best. And that's how you fit it together. And our blending together may be starting to cause us growing pains in our relationship. We had some tense moments at our congregational meeting last Sunday. And as I am wont to do for many reasons, not least of which is probably being a man, I immediately went into process mode. How do you handle right relationship? How do you get this done? How do you straighten things out? How do you make sure we don't have fallout we don't need? And I made a huge mistake. I forgot to be a pastor. My first question to everybody should have been, boy, that was upsetting to me. How are you? And I forgot to do that. Sorry. As you know, if you've been married to somebody, you screw up on each other once in a while. And I don't think that was a tragic mistake, but it was one as I reflected, and I do this a lot. Ministers talk to each other all the time. But one of the things that helps is you can't always, you know, you don't see your blind spots, right? And your good friends in the ministry, they'll let you know. And one of my friends, who is one of the ministers in Worcester, said to me, Maybe you just should have asked how everybody was doing first. I'm like, dang, you're right. (laughs) But that's how we learn. And we never stop learning. And we never stop having to force ourselves to be vulnerable and stand up in front of your partner and go, I screwed up. Sorry. But there's a lot for us to do together, you know? I, like a lot of people, and probably you too, when any kind of conflict arises, especially in a relationship you care about, sometimes your first instinct is to back up a little bit. And I learned this from a counselor I had years ago, that it's more important, especially when you want to back away, to lean in, to get closer to get curious. Don't be unsafe. But if you can, ask a question. What's happening? How are you feeling? What's going on? I didn't understand that. Tell me more. And even though that's my job, I sometimes don't practice it the best either. Real, honest, and open communication is something we always work at. In a conversation I had with somebody recently, we talked about how churches sometimes want to behave like the rest of the world, how they treat employees, how they manage their money, how they deal with political issues, all kinds of stuff. And the 
big thing that's different about churches is we're supposed to be that place where we do our best to practice, not, not do it perfectly, but to practice that way of doing it differently that is a little better than the world around us, even when it's really hard. Because that's the only way we develop a different way of being that's in counter to a world that sometimes is uncaring and unfeeling and discriminatory, and you know all the rest, right? So we practice. James Luther Adams, as you know, my favorite UU theologian, says, church is the place where we practice being human. Because if we can't practice here, there's nowhere else that's going to be a safe to practice. And it's hard because when we don't lean in, we get quiet and we can shut ourselves off. And when we shut ourselves off, sometimes we create misunderstandings just by being quiet. I've had plenty of experiences in my time as a minister, and even one here already, where people in the congregation seem to have a little unease or conflict going on between them. Then you listen to each of them and you realize, oh, they just totally had different takes on what had happened. They talk to each other, everything's fine. Because when you're silent, you pass each other. And sometimes one of the things that gets in the way of that communication is instead of just backing away and getting quiet, we get scared. You know what happens when people get scared? We're seeing it politically around us right now in our country. They get angry. And then you either lash out or you yell or you get physical or you take your ball and go home. None of which helps get the communication on track and get the relationship back. So, here we are, kind of a year in, and I just want to remind me and you, across the kitchen table, as it were, to let us keep talking, and let us keep figuring out. Because Josh pointed us to a mission, a shared missional ministry, that we have something to offer the world around us that's not going to get if we don't show up. And I think we're starting to learn what that is. We do food really well. (laughs) Serious, it sounds funny, but think about it. Our potlucks are great. Our coffee hour is as good a coffee hour as you'll find at any church anywhere on a Sunday morning, right? We got people who really like to cook. And one of the things that's grabbed us this year has been food. The turkey sandwich thing went great. Our involvement in the community meal is growing. We're really starting to have an impact with, you know, we're we're probably going to hit our goal of being able to offer a second night by the end of this calendar year. Food is part of what we're about. So is the environment. One of the things I've noticed this year is that our social justice team was actually our environmental justice team. Everyone there has a lot of passion about education and acting to make our world a cleaner, better, safer place. We're starting to put, put together an identity here. I don't know if anybody's noticing it but me, but we're starting to find pieces. And the welcoming congregation has been amazing. We found a couple of things out. We found we all want to learn. We found a time that works great for attendance to do learning and talking with each other. And we're starting to show up for these issues. We've had a transgender youth Join us and feel safe, because we were overt and open. We are starting to piece together that mission. 
finding out who we are together, right? And I think that's really, really great. And to continue to find it out, to continue to build our relationship, I think we need to focus on what's perhaps the most important thing we can all do in any relationship. Listen. And I know I can be intense, and I know I can be a forceful presence. But I'm also an introvert, and I'm also usually worried a lot about what people are thinking about me, and what I've said, and what I've done. And it's important for me to remember, and I think for all of us to remember, to listen. I got a really good education in listening this week. I'd say by accident, but I don't know if I believe in these things this way. I threw on a t-shirt to run some errands. Had to go to the bank, went to the chiropractor, had to get my hair cut. The t-shirt I threw on is a black t-shirt, and in white letters on the front it says, this is what a feminist looks like. How important is that? I'll tell you right away. I thought nothing of putting on the shirt. What kind of male privilege is that? Right? First of all. And, and that occurred to me later in the day when this happened. Walking to the chiropractor, a woman in a van pulls down, stops on Main Street in Milford. Thanks for wearing that shirt! You're welcome. Didn't get another block down till somebody else stopped coming the other way and said, you in that great shirt, come over here. And I listened for about five, seven minutes while she told me about how her boss at work never pays any attention to her and has promoted a couple of guys around her. And a lot of other details, some of which I don't remember now, but it occurred to me, all I needed to do was listen. I didn't need to say anything right then. And then it occurred to me, I think I know what I need to say on Sunday. <laughs> but it got better. I went to, the, went to get my hair cut. And it's one of these barbershops in town. It's all men. It's all guys. And, I, and all of a sudden, being just alerted to I got this shirt on now, which I had forgotten about, I walk into the barber, and two of the three of them immediately say, hey, that's an awesome shirt. It's like, okay. Way to go, men. Excellent. <laughs> On my way to the next errand, I stopped at Target because they have the Starbucks there, right? And I got a coffee. Three young female baristas, probably high school and college age, all three of them. Wow, that's an awesome shirt. Each one of them had a story about what it's like to be young and female in Massachusetts right now. just wore a shirt. But it opened me up to hearing people's stories. And I'd worn that shirt a lot. I'd almost gotten into a couple actual physical fistfights in Texas wearing it. But I hadn't thought about it at all here. Just put on my t-shirt and went out to do my errands. But it clued me in once again to the importance of just listening to the other. Whether the other is somebody totally foreign to you or somebody you're already in a relationship with. It really makes a difference. Maybe it was because we've now got the first female nominee for president of a major party. Maybe it because there's been a story of a rich white 
kid getting a slap on the wrist, basically, for raping somebody. You know, there was a lot floating around this week that made a spurred that reaction to that shirt I might not have got last week or next week. But it made me listen again. And as all those women of different ages talked to me, it occurred to me that don't talk, just listen. And I wanted to have conversations. I wanted to say stuff, but I, I cut myself. You know, I was like, no, just listen, just listen. So if I don't ever just listen, Tap me on the shoulder and say, I need you to just listen right now. Make an appointment, come talk to me, grab me at coffee hour. Tell me you need me to just listen. I will. There's a prayer I use a lot when I do weddings. And I'd like to say it for us to wrap up. Is that okay? May we have patience especially in the early years of our ministry, when life must learn to fall in step with life and love must learn to fall in step with the ups and downs of loving and living. May we refrain from exaggerating each other's faults and minimizing our own. May we refrain from speaking words hastily in anger, from grudges cultivated in silence, from callousness before each other's needs. May we treat one another always with respect, wonder, and reverence. May we be comfort and strength and counsel and support to each other through the trials and tribulations of congregational life, sharing in each other's joys and forgiving each other's imperfections. May our church here be surrounded by wide horizons. May it be a place of warmth and welcoming a place where childhood and children are nurtured and valued. May it be a place of virtue, hospitality, and honor. May all who follow our lives with interest and affection have cause to rejoice not only in our happiness, but in our brave and generous living. Amen. We're a year in. I still love you.